have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. Uh, we want to, as we get ready for the message, dismiss our children, all of our young people. Uh, there's uh, activity and lesson in the back for you, so all the children are free to go at this time. While you're turning and finding Matthew, chapter 13, first book of the New Testament, chapter 13. And there are two very, very short parables that we want to take a look at today. The kingdom of heaven is like, kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and from joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like. A merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Two very simple little parables that oftentimes we don't receive the full impact or the full scope of their meaning. You and I have probably heard many times about these two representing a person finding a treasure of great value and giving everything to gain that treasure. And and certainly we can see that truth here, but remember what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so the idea is a parable is a story that's told using earthly things and items and and situations that are familiar, but to communicate a heavenly truth for us to understand. In a parable, it is not required that every aspect of that story marry up or match or coordinate with the entire idea that is being communicated. So sometimes in a parable, there are parts of the story that you go, yeah, but but this doesn't tie in. This doesn't make sense. And so in relationship to that, we can certainly see that in these two parables, there is the idea of a treasure being found, everything being sacrificed in order to gain that treasure. So let's look for just a moment at the parable of the hidden treasure. There is a worker who is working in a field. Okay? First thing is we would identify that he is working in a field that isn't his. And so that would mean that he's probably some type of a servant or hired hand that is working in someone else's or on someone else's property. While he is working, going about his normal activities of life, he discovers a great treasure. Here's what I want you to understand about that. That's not unusual for this day and time. You see, there weren't just banks on every corner like we have today. And if there were banks, they weren't always to be trusted. And so we see time and time again in God's Word, if someone had a treasure or money or something of value, they would take it and they would bury it in the earth, and that was their secure place to put the treasure or that item of value. And so the idea of of being communicated, as Matthew relates the story that Jesus is telling in this parable, the idea of burying something in the earth, a value in the earth, would be very common. 
would be very familiar. It's not like, boy, that's weird that there was this buried treasure. For them, that would be a very common, normal, ordinary thing of life. For there to be something of value buried in the earth, and then for someone to discover that which was buried in the earth. So upon finding the treasure, it's interesting, it says he hid it again. So in other words, he took what he had found, he hid it again, and then he went away. And he sold everything that he had. He sacrificed all that he had in order to be able to purchase the field. Because if he owned the field, he owned the treasure. Now, I can see the correlation and the connection between finding something of great treasure and being willing to give up everything in life in order to obtain that treasure. And it's talking about salvation, talking about our relationship with the Lord, and being willing to sacrifice and surrender everything in order to gain salvation, that great treasure, or to have that relationship with our Lord. But there are some things in the story, aspects in the story, that that kind of break down that idea. The first thing is this, is, is that once he finds the treasure, he hides it. Well, once we have salvation, we don't hide it. Once we've received a relationship with the Lord and, and we have entered into that relationship of forgiveness and, and salvation and love that he extends to us, there's nowhere in God's Word that tells us to hide that so that others can't find it. In fact, just the opposite is true. The Scripture is very clear about our responsibility to take that treasure that we find of salvation and a relationship with the Lord and share it with other people. So, so the, the parable breaks down a little bit in this area. And then he goes and sacrifices everything in order to purchase the treasure. Well, God's Word is very clear. There is nothing that I can do. There is no price that I could ever pay to purchase salvation. Or, or not enough that I could ever do to earn salvation. And so again, the parable begins to shift a little bit in regards to what is the, the full meaning here. Now, certainly, we can take those, those truths and say, yes, it is a great treasure. And yes, we do need to give up the things of this world and this life in order to have a relationship with Him. Those all need to become secondary in regards to my relationship with Jesus Christ and the salvation that I have in Him. But there is possibly a deeper meaning to this, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. Let's look at the second parable here, the pearl of great price. Now, a distinct difference. The first uh, person that we see in the first parable is working, probably serving someone else, working in someone else's field. This merchant, probably someone that has their own business, he's out looking for pearls. He's out looking for treasures and things of value. The other guy just happened upon the treasure. The second guy, he's searching for. He's looking for. This is what he does for a living in his life. And as he's searching and looking, the, the Scripture says he finds this one pearl that is the most magnificent pearl that's ever been seen, a pearl of greater value than anything else he'd ever encountered. And so he goes and sells everything else, all of his other valuables, maybe his other pearls, other things that he's acquired, and he surrenders those in order to buy this one pearl of great value and great price. And again, we begin to see some of the, the breakdown of the connection in the story 
of this being something that we pay for or something that, that we earn or we acquire in some way, when we know the truth of the matter is that the salvation that God offers to us is a free gift. It's a free gift that's offered to anyone who will receive it. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. He says all we have to do is be willing to receive the free gift that He's given us. So, so while we can see some correlation and some truth and application... In, in these parables to how we often hear them told or communicated, there's possibly a very much deeper meaning for you and I to grasp today. And, and that deeper meaning, I believe, and, and I have seen and heard communicated, is that it's talking about the value of God's kingdom and talking about the price that He paid his kingdom. Now we begin to look at the story from a different perspective. So when we begin to look at the fact that he's talking about the value of his kingdom, and we begin to talk about the price that he has paid for his kingdom, suddenly there begins to be a clearer connection of the truth that is being taught. What is God's treasure? God's treasure is the nation of Israel. He began with the nation of Israel. He sought to deliver his son through the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is God's treasure, according to the Old Testament Scriptures. We know that the nation of Israel failed. They did not accomplish what God desired for them to accomplish. And so they became what? A hidden nation. And even to this day, they struggle for their recognition and for their footing and for their place. Understand, Israel is still God's treasure. That has not changed throughout the course of history. And so we know that God has redeemed the whole world through His Son, Christ Jesus. And by redeeming the whole world, He has also redeemed the nation of Israel. So if we look at the parable of the hidden treasure, we begin to look and say, wait a minute, so the treasure then is the nation of Israel. The field is the whole world. And God's value for His kingdom is placed through the nation of Israel, but He purchased or redeemed the whole world or the whole field in order to redeem His treasure, which was the nation of Israel. And suddenly we begin to see an application that says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the parable says there is this treasure, and upon finding the treasure, the man went and and purchased the whole world in order to possess the one treasure which is the nation of Israel. The same thing, we begin to look at the pearl. The pearl represents the church. We we think about a pearl. A pearl is is formed with pain. A pearl is, is formed in a hidden state. In the fact that we don't see it inside the oyster, it's in, in the water, and it's over time that it grows and develops and matures, much like the church. The church is growing all over the world. Oftentimes we don't see. 
We don't recognize or realize the growth that is happening of the church around the world. But as that growth occurs, then the pearl is revealed, which is the church. So what did Christ do? He purchased the church with His blood. He gave the ultimate price in order to purchase the pearl of great price, which is the church. The Scripture says that He bought it with His blood. That He sacrificed with His blood in order to purchase or redeem us back to be His children and to be His people. The interesting thing about the pearl is the pearl, once it is made, once it is completed, it's not like any other precious stone. Other precious stones are made to be cut, and they can be formed into different things. The pearl is made to to be the pearl. We don't cut it, we don't divide it, it's united. Like the church of Jesus Christ is to be united. It's to be whole and complete, placed together in one finished product. We don't cut it, we don't divide it, we don't form it into something else. The pearl is the pearl as it is developed. It is a great value because of its unity. It is a great value because it is formed and created with a sacrifice. And then it is purchased back with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the kingdom of God is the greatest value. The kingdom of God is is that which God sacrificed for. He gave His only begotten Son so that He might redeem or purchase the nation of Israel, the whole world, and the church back into Himself. He paid the ultimate price in order that we might become His and belong to Him. When we begin to see the scope of these three little verses, we begin to see and to comprehend the love that God has for His people, the willingness that He has to sacrifice and pay the ultimate price in order that there might be salvation that is offered to you and I as a free gift. All we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is accept it. There is nothing that we can do to earn it or deserve it or to pay for it. He freely offers us the gift of salvation through the sacrifice of His Son, Christ Jesus. There's an old story. It's gone around many times. And oftentimes when you hear this story, there are variances or variables of this story. But the original story is about a man by the name of John Griffith who was originally from Oklahoma. And in 1929, he lost all that he had in the stock market. And he moved to Mississippi where he took a job as a bridge tender for the railroad trestle. Now, this is a true story. It is the actual event that there are many variables of this off of in the world today. In 1937, he was involved in a horrific accident. One day... His eight-year-old son, Greg, spent the day with his dad at work, and he poked around the bridge tender's office, and he asked a myriad of questions as an inquiring eight-year-old would. And, and so they spent the day together enjoying their time with one another. There was a ship that began to come through, 
And so John showed Greg how he would raise the bridge and allow the ship to pass through safely. And all of the time he was operating and doing what he was supposed to do. After a moment or two, he realized that Greg was no longer in the office with him. He began to look around for his son, and to his shock and dismay, he saw him outside near the gears of where the bridge operated and functioned. He began to run out of the office to go and to retrieve Greg back to safety. But as he did so, he began to hear coming quickly the, the, the evening train which was the Memphis Express. And suddenly, John Griffith was met with a decision to either leave the drawbridge up and and ascend down to the gear area and retrieve Greg to safety, thus allowing the opportunity that he wouldn't get back quick enough, he wouldn't be able to lower the bridge, and there would be a horrific accident that would take the lives of many people. Caught in that moment, caught in that time of decision, John chose to return to the operator's booth and begin to lower the bridge, which certainly would lead to the death of his son. And as he did so, and the bridge was lowered, and the Memphis Express passed by, the people on the train were just living life. They were reading their papers. They were smiling and talking. Even some waved at John as they passed by. But not one of them realizing the price that he had paid in order for them to pass through safely and return home to their families at the end of the day. Oftentimes, that's exactly how we live life. God has paid a great price. He has made the ultimate sacrifice of His Son. And yet we pass through life just kind of living day by day, reading our paper, carrying on conversations. And from time to time, maybe we even wave at God and acknowledge that He's there. But we really never surrender our hearts and commit ourselves to the value of His kingdom and the price that He paid for you and I. And what I want to encourage you today as we look at these three little verses, just three verses but two parables, that teach us a lesson of the value of God's kingdom and the sacrifice and the price that He has paid in order that you and I might have salvation, that we might be rescued, that we might be safe and secure as we're headed on the journey of life. I want to encourage you today not to let that pass by. Not to let that go unnoticed. Not to let that gift go unreceived or unaccepted. But that today you realize the value of God's kingdom. It's the greatest value of all of life. And that we realize the price that God has paid in order to rescue and to save us. And that we be willing, like the parables indicate, that there was a a surrender of all things in order to gain. That we would be willing to put all things aside. 
to allow God, our Savior, to be our Savior, to rescue and secure our future, and that we would accept and receive the gift that He has to offer. Well, this morning we're going to sing an invitation hymn. Our invitation is always a time for us to make decisions in our life. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never become a part of that valued kingdom that God sacrificed for. And today's the day that you need to make that decision. Today's the day that that you need to say, you know what? I want to accept the gift that He's given to me. And I want Him to become Lord and Master of my life. If you need to make that decision today, if you'll come at this invitation time, we'll walk with you step by step. You don't have to know everything you need to do to accept Him. We'll help you with that. Perhaps you're here today and you've made that decision at some point in your life, but you've been going through life, passing by, and just enjoying things and maybe waving, acknowledging God from time to time. And today, you want to make a decision that I want to be more committed, more faithful, more determined in my Christian walk than I've ever been before because I acknowledge the value of His kingdom and I acknowledge the sacrifice that He made for me. Perhaps today you're here and you just need somebody to put their arm around your shoulder and pray with you about a struggle in your life. Whatever decisions on your heart today, we invite you to come as we stand and we sing.